So the big question is this. How do entrepreneurial salespeople like us, who have traditionally sold alone and used gut and intuition to hit their number, take their innate talents and begin selling using science, technology, and the secrets of thousands who have done it before to crush their quota and change the world? That is the question, and this podcast provides the answer. All right, welcome everybody to the Sales Secrets Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how to build a team that you may not have inherited. An interesting topic that I was talking about with our special guest today um, comes to us from Austin, Texas. That is Brad Moore. He is actually the VP of Sales at Personify Corporation. Brad, thanks so much for joining, and how the heck are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here today. Yeah, excited to have you on. Interesting topic. I'm excited to jump into it. Um, but I wanted to, before we do that, uh, give it maybe just a minute to have you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Personify. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so Personify, if I can get the, the name of the company out, that'd be great. Uh, so Personify is the, the leading constituent management and engagement platform for nonprofits and associations. Hmm. Uh, so you think about um, all those 501c3s, c6s, yes. uh, c parentheses, anything. <laughs> um, those organizations are the ones that we serve, been around since 1996, um, have grown through acquisition a couple times over the last four years or so, and uh, so we're, we're excited about what comes next. Yeah, um, yeah. I was looking at some of the things you guys do. Pretty, uh, pretty exhaustive uh, suite of of capabilities there, uh, which we'll hear hopefully about you know towards the end of the show a little bit. Um, sure. Uh, I noticed. Um, I always like to ask people, put them on the spot. Just outside of work, is there anything you're passionate about? I did notice on LinkedIn. Um, looks like you've got kind of a picture of is that is that Southern Utah arches there. Um, that is Moab. Moab, yes. Utah. That is Arches National Park in Moab. That's right. Yeah, that's just yeah. a stone's throw. We're, I, I'd forgotten to tell you, we're in Salt Lake City, so we I try to get down yeah. there uh, once a year with the boys. It is so fun to hike around those arches. That is so fun. It is. Um, it is. So it's, are you a big, big hiker, or what's kind of your go-to uh, when you're not working? Yeah, so um, my entire family likes to be outdoors, so hiking um, is is definitely a passion. And that was actually a trip that my wife and I took a couple years ago. We uh, went to Arches and Yosemite and Grand yeah. Tetons. <laughs> you so just did them all, uh, huh? <laughs> wow. Yeah. We were up for a couple of weeks and uh, lots of miles on the car, lots of dead bugs, but it was it was pretty cool. Oh, you did the drive? Yeah, of course. Once you're Once yeah. you're hitting Moab... Uh, what are you? Three hours to Vegas Airport? Yeah, you're not very close to very many airports, so you are driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you find a, a map of nowhere, you find that's the middle of it. Right? So, <laughs> that's right. It's a little hard to get there. Well, yeah, I'm jealous. Uh, I haven't been there for a while, but it is a fantastic place. But it sounds like you didn't hit just one national park. You hit them all. Um, well, let's yeah. transition into this um, conversation. When you and I were talking, um, I was a little bit taken back. I was thinking, my goodness. Um, um, but you, you were right. We have so many sales leaders who are often changing positions in a year, two years, three years, and they're inheriting teams that sometimes they, you know, they may not have chosen and they don't have the luxury, whether it's they should or should not, of just firing everybody and re, rescaling the team. Um, so yeah, it's usually not an option, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I can't just get rid of 50 people. And again, you probably yeah. shouldn't, but at the same time, there might be some good apples and some bad apples. 
Um, you've obviously been in sales a long time and probably experienced some of the good and some of the bad. How have you found to start to think about or coach potentially other sales leaders to manage through what sometimes can be a kind of ugh, slippery situation? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think we've, we've probably all been there at least once in our career. <laughs> and it's, it's that situation where you find yourself shaking your head, like, how, how did this person end up getting hired in the first place? Yeah. Um, and hopefully you can minimize the number of times that you have to say that to yourself. But um, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. If you've got a team of 10, 15, 50, whatever that number is, some percentage of them are going to be folks that you probably wouldn't have pulled the trigger on. Right. And so I think one of the things that you, you try to do is, is figure out who are your high potentials, who are the high performers now, um, who could get there with some different guidance, additional guidance, um, et cetera, and uh, just put yourself in a position to actually win long-term. And then um, and, and I think one of the, the things that I've found too is um, I've done this a couple of times and yeah. you see that the, the lower performing folks, once they see the way that you're running things, they, they tend to uh, attrit themselves out of the role. Interesting. Right? They, they seek something else on their own where you don't necessarily have to, to get rid of them proactively. Uh, they're going to do it for you because they, they see this new regime does things differently. Um, there are different expectations. There are different uh, metrics that are driving our success um, from what the previous regime was. And so they, they kind of look at that and say, you know, that this wasn't as, as much of a fit anymore. I'm going to go find something else. Interesting. So that natural attrition just happens based on kind of the the new regime and some of the culture changes that they may or may not like. I mean, this is one of those sensitive topics. Do you typically recommend that there is some just initial, and again, I'm going to places I know people may not like, but do do you try to kind of eliminate some of the the bottom 1% or 5% just as a new leader comes in just to help set that standard or do you just go for the natural attrition based on culture change or it's got to be each choose their own? Yeah. I, I, I think you've got to read that for your, yeah. yourself because every yeah. situation is going to be different. And it's also going to depend a lot on the size of your team. Yeah. Um, so if you've got a team of a hundred, uh, then maybe it's okay to go cut that bottom 10% or 20% or whatever the number might be, but you got to make sure you've got a good hiring pipeline to, to refill that because, yeah. No matter how big your team is, you're going to take a hit. Right. So how much of a hit can you afford? Uh, what's the pipeline actually look like? And, and can you take that hit and still not lose significantly on the productivity side and then move forward from there? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, so as we think about this kind of cultural change and establishing this new mantra, um, what are a couple of the factors, maybe you can start at the top, that need to get in place as you start to, I, mean, I don't know what word you'd use, change the culture, establish um, you know, yeah. kind of your identity, what are some of the things you've got to start working on in order to take that group that wasn't your own and kind of make, make it your own? So I think there's a few things. One is establishing trust, and the only way that you can do that is with really clear, direct communication. Um, I'm, I've yet to find a problem that can't be solved with better communication. So, um, and, and that, that builds that kind of new culture of trust. And especially if you walked into a situation where 
you know, the previous leader has left, maybe not under the best of circumstances. It's pretty rare that they leave under great circumstances. So what, what are you going to do differently and how is yeah. it going to be different? Um, and be as specific as you can, right? Um, so that communication and the transparency and the, uh, the trust gets built when you can give them very specific marching orders, targets to shoot for. So um, if you're leading an inside sales team and it's based on um, you know, call metrics or, or yes. outreach attempts, be really specific for what's your expectation for every day, every week, every month. Um, what's a pipeline goal? What's a, an opportunity goal, growth goal, goal et cetera? And if you can't be really specific with that stuff, they're going to start looking at you like you have three heads because you, you're not changing anything for the positive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I can't argue with the the, the concept of trust and, and communication. I think where a lot of leaders start to slip up is how to how to do that in, in, a, in an effective manner. In in the sense that there is often so many meetings and and so many. You know, I'm dealing with, I'm a salesperson, I've got these admin responsibilities and I got, you know, I don't know, maybe product problems or, um, and I've obviously got my pipeline and now I got these meetings and trainings and coachings and HR. How do you, is there a method you've found or you've coached others to kind of manage different channels of communication to just be effective? Is, is email the best? Do you huddle once a morning? Do you, any kind of advice or thoughts there? Yeah, I think, I think you have to find a mix, um, and depending on the size of your team, if you're a, a VP with five directors that report to you, hmm. it's hard to get to the entire organization yeah. unless you're doing it through those directors. So you got to empower and enable them. Um, if you've got more direct access to the team, I, I think the, the way that you, you approach that is with some combination of a daily huddle for a while, uh-huh. Uh, definitely a weekly sales meeting. Yeah. Set up your case for one-on-ones early, um, and and then prioritize the, the daylights out of that one-on-one. Um, uh, as soon as you start establishing any kind of a track record for missing one-on-ones, uh, your credibility gets hit pretty quick, yeah. pretty hard. And yeah. so they need to feel that prioritization from you that their career, uh, their activity, uh, their productivity is important to you, and you're not just looking at them as a number or a button, a seat, but that there's the human side of that too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, those one-on-ones, I think about my own experience and devaluing those, um, causes a lot of problems in morale relationships. Uh, that's a great, that's a great point. Have you found that you typically will do one-on-ones once a week, once a month? I mean, again, maybe it depends on size of the team, et cetera. But have you found that it, there's too often or not enough? Yeah, I, I think that um, at least early on, I want to do it at least once a week, hmm. uh, minimum 20 minutes, more like 30 um, once a week. And then maybe you back it off to every other week and hmm. maybe do only 15 minutes. Yeah. And really it depends on how, how much walk around coaching can you do? Yeah. Um, and then, the other thing I like to do there is, is to have a mix of uh, one-on-one time where it's not always just about deals and pipeline and what's your conversion rate here and what's your what's your close rate there, but um, getting into career path and some yeah. of the personal stuff. If you don't know anything about them personally, um, it, it becomes more difficult to, to build trust. So mm-hmm. now I'm not saying that you necessarily have to go out and have a beer with them every day, um, <laughs> but... It, it, 
doesn't hurt if you go out once in a while um, and let them see the human side um, and, and show that you're invested in their success. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, one more click on that. I mean, have you found, because there's always a debate, I think, in sales, it's a, probably not as strong because there is just more natural relationship building skills. But um, if you found it really valuable to kind of open up and do make, you know, make the, the bring kind of employees into the friend zone, if you will, and go out for drinks or invite them over to dinner or kind of hang out in kind of that personal side, or does that get too problematic uh, in, in your opinion? There's just a line you got to kind of find. Yeah, I think it's a line you find depending on the circumstances again, because I've been in situations where um, you definitely want to do that. It's a smaller and more intimate team. Yeah. Then I've been in situations where you've got uh, other layers between you and the, the individual contributors. And in those circumstances, it's really tough. And it's also a big can of liability to, to start doing those kinds of things where, you know, a drink or two um, might not be such a bad thing, but uh, any more than that and questions start flying and yeah. rumors start going around and, and that kind of stuff. You just, you have to gauge where on that scale yeah. are you and how much of it can you afford? <laughs> That's right. I mean, those uh, in the world in which we live, there is. You got to play some things a little. You got to be conscientious of that. That's probably the right thing. Yeah. Um, you well, and I talk. You know, it's going to end up out there on Twitter, or somebody's <laughs> going to drop it onto YouTube, right? And yeah, miss well. Yeah, who knows what happens. Misread it, or yeah, miss say something. Yeah, and you get a couple yeah. drinks, right? Um, always got to watch that one. Um, being, you, you were talking a little bit about this before on, on pre-show, but this concept of vision and trying to get your team. Um, behind that and, and part of it, how do you start to establish that vision and get people to line up behind it? Yeah, I think vision is probably the the most difficult part of it. Um, you, know, you can build some personal trust, but then the the corporate trust may have been violated on some level with this team that you're inheriting, right? Yeah. So um, figuring out where and how. So. Um, where are the where are the gaps? How can how can you bridge them? And the vision that you have for how the team's going to grow goes right back to communication and transparency mm-hmm. and involving them in that conversation as much as you can and, and as much as is reasonable. Um, but dropping these mandates that I mean, the, the previous regime wanted thirty calls a day, I want a hundred calls a day or a hundred yeah. outreach attempts a day, or yeah. whatever that depending on the nature of the change and the scale of the change that right. you want to make, right. um, you, you want to involve them in the process a little bit. Get their buy-in. Get them to be a part of that, that sure. kind of vision casting. And um, especially if you've got uh, directors and managers who report to you, have those skip-level discussions, um, have those direct report discussions, and get them to help cast the vision for how does this what, – what's working? Yeah. Uh, what works in this space? And, and how can you – build a team that actually sees the vision from a, a common place, a, a common starting point. And because then you can agree on the path that, that's going to get you there. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It seems like the vision for whatever reason, salespeople have a hard time seeing it. I mean, I think they're often to cut in the weeds, um, but connecting the dots doesn't often seem like an easy task, but you're right. The more you can kind of make it real, certainly the better. You, you mentioned this point, and oftentimes when these leaders are coming in, like yourself or a sales leader who's you know taking over a new team, um, they are obviously replacing someone, and that person may have been very 
good. You, you know, a lot of love. A lot of people really appreciated him or her, and they had kind of a following. They may be really bad, and you know, people are kind of spoiled. Is there a way you manage around that aspect of it? Um, you know, again, I know this is what the, this this person did, but this isn't what we do anymore. Do you try to not bring them up? Do you badmouth them? Do you blame them? I mean, how do you kind yeah. of handle the person who left? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the the worst thing you can do is badmouth them and, and throw a whole bunch of blame around. <laughs> uh, then then you're selling from weakness, um, and and I'd always opt for selling from strength if you can. So talk about what you do and how it might be different, um, and and don't don't go down the path of the, that negative kind of smack talk with yeah. whoever was in the seat before. Hmm. Then then you're inviting comparisons. And the comparisons, frankly, don't matter. It's, right. It's just coming up with what, what are the things that we need to do to be successful? Right. And what are we going to put in place from a metrics activity, whatever perspective, to get us to that place of success? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and it's always tempting to badmouth the, the previous person, but maybe, oh, that, yeah. maybe that's yeah. not the and best you might advice. Find one or two people that you can, you know, build that circle of trust and have those kinds of discussions. Sure. But you want to be really careful with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to your point, I love that concept of puts in a, it's almost like a powerless situation, obviously focusing on kind of the bad, et cetera. Do you feel like one aspect um, that happens often is trying to bring different, um, you know, you're a new leader and there's some org changes. You may try to bring two teams. You may try to move people around. um, And there's, there's just, any kind of org changes as part of this new regime just causes different problems. Have you found some good things to be able to bring different personalities together, different teams together to actually make it work? Man, there is no magic bullet for that one. Uh, Cause as soon as you start messing with org charts and <laughs> career paths, and those kinds of things, now, now it, it starts feeling like you're also messing with my, my wallet. Yeah, right? and yeah. That, that's where it gets really messy. Um, any anytime you mess with a salesperson's comp, you know it's <laughs> it's not going to be a great conversation unless it's it's got all kinds of additional benefits thrown in. That's right. right that's so, right. Um, but I, I think it, it's also helping them to see how that change is going to benefit with them. Start start with why, um, then get into the the nuts and bolts of how, uh, and and I. I can't emphasize enough that the the communication process there is the the critical component to success. If you don't communicate often and really clearly with a lot of specifics, um, any ambiguity, they're going to latch onto that. And that's why it didn't work. Right. right. So you just got to be really, really clear. Yeah. Do you, um, uh, and we've hit a bunch of points and we kind of moved to wrap up here. Is there, Having gone through this yourself um, at times, having seen other leaders, um, as you think about kind of summarizing or kind of a leave behind for sales leaders who are just starting this type of journey, just got a new job, got a new team, trying to think how to navigate this. I don't know if I need all of these people or maybe they're not the right people on the ship. Kind of leave behind advice in, in summary here. Yeah, I think the big thing is don't try to be a hero. Don't try to do it all by yourself. Um, yeah. Recognize that there are probably other leaders um, in in the organization that can help you out, number one. Uh, number two, I've never met a good sales leader who didn't have an amazing mentor, hmm. um, or two or three. Um, 
you know, I've got three guys that I still go to now for the last 15 years in my career. Hmm. And, uh, that, those relationships are, are really important because they, they're outside, they're objective, yeah, um, yeah. and they, they hold you accountable to the standard that you're, you want to set for yourself and then for your team. Right. And those, those voices really do a, a ton for me on a daily, weekly basis to, to keep me on track and, and, again, hold me accountable. Just to kind of keep things in order. Yeah, sometimes, right, it's the you're in the middle of it and you talk to other people in the org maybe get a little biased feedback, although a good source, getting somebody external to kind of think through maybe objective ways to view different problems. You're right. And probably something that we often, uh, often overlook. Well, Brad really appreciate the conversation. Interesting to think about It's such an interesting, I mean, it's one of those things we don't often talk about, but it happens to all of us, right? This, this inheriting a team that we thought, Ooh, I don't know. This isn't my team, but I still got to make it work. Um, uh, if someone wants to learn a little bit more about you or personify some of the things you guys do, what's the, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. Find me on LinkedIn, probably the easiest thing. Um, and to learn more about personify, there's obviously the, the personified corp.com website. Mm -hmm. Um, look for some rebranding and some new stuff there, um, in the next few weeks. Um, there's some exciting things happening and, um, I think the last thing is if you are part of a nonprofit or an association and you're going to be in the Chicago area between August 18th and 22nd, uh, come find us at the ASAE annual uh, conference. Uh, we'll be at McCormick Place and we've got a booth there. We're going to be posting some happy hours and doing some other stuff. I'd love to, to hook up with you there. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, that nonprofit lot of cool stuff going on there and i know you guys are leading the charge so again thanks so much brad for joining uh we'll make sure we post some links in the show notes and for the audience remember success it's just one play away want more sales secrets go to salessecrets.io to receive copies of our latest research and best practice content to help you crush your quota